You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with Danielle Moore from Loaves and Fishes and Friendship Trays. Now, it's very big news, you know, when when Food and Wine named Charlotte one of its great next food cities. Restaurant openings, award-winning chefs, world-renowned, you know, faculty at Johnson and Wales, you know, getting regular attention, but it seems like all those you know, options and opportunities are everywhere. And that's not really the case, you know, with all of that and most of our audience and probably many folks in the Charlotte area, you're not worrying about where your next meal is going to come from, but there's a significant number of people in our community that does. And thankfully there are folks working to help them bridge that gap. This is where Danielle comes in. Welcome, Danielle. She is the community outreach director at Loaves and Fishes and Friendship Trays, and we are so excited to learn more about what you're doing in this community, what you're doing to bridge that gap, and let's jump right into it on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Awesome. Yes, we are happy you're here, too. Thank you for spending your time with us this morning. And I say, let's, let's jump right into it. I want to know a little bit about the program. What is Loaves and Fishes Friendship Trays? Well, that's a great question. So we're a Mecklenburg County-based nonprofit. We started as a, a network of food pantries, um, and recently, last year, we merged with Friendship Trays, which is the local Meals on Wheels program here. So as a combined organization, stronger than ever, uh, we provide access to healthy food in the form of groceries and meals. So tell us a little bit about that. We've done a lot of... Um I don't want to say a lot, but we, we volunteered at, at different food banks and, and learned a little bit more about, you know, really the necessity around that. One of the cool things we get to do through Hood Harder Breakfast Club is every like December, we'll go out there and we'll help the food bank. Um, and we actually get to walk into the area where there's a lot of people that might be receiving that food and we get to personally hand that to people. And that could be anybody, uh, any ages. You know, I got to hand a bag to like a five-year-old, you know, and as, as a dad of somebody that's four years old, I couldn't imagine you know, my child not getting food. Some of the times I'm like, man, you get too much food. Kids eating all the time. But there's a lot of people that they, their next meal is not guaranteed. And so I love to dive into that, you know, really what the need is in Charlotte, um, how many kids, how many families you're supporting, and really how can our community continue to support that so these people get food, um, really, besides water, the number one necessity that you need. Exactly. So food, I first want to say, uh, is a right, a, a human right, and you can't do anything without it, right? It's at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy, so it's definitely up there as far as a need. Um, and the need is great here in Mecklenburg County. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, some people have privilege and uh, you know are fortunate enough to not have to worry about where their next meal is coming from. Uh, but when it comes to the people we serve, especially as the wealth gap widens, the need is is even greater um, than it was before COVID. Uh, so one in five people here in our county struggle with food. That means a wow. friend, a neighbor, a coworker, a classmate, uh, the, maybe the garbage man. I mean, you name it and they're experiencing it. Um, and so I also want to mention that uh, we love our partners at Second Harvest of Metrolina, and that is a food 
bank. Uh, but you can think of food banks usually as wholesalers. Uh, Loaves and Fishes Friendship Trades, we're more of the retailer. So most of the time, food banks um, will give food to other agencies to hand out so they're not involved with direct distribution uh, like we are. Um, and I tell you, Fran, uh, during the year of the pandemic, we served over 120,000 people. Wow. I'm, I'm going to repeat wow. that. <laughs> over 120,000 people. Last year, um, the numbers stabilized a little bit, still above, you know, those uh, pre-pandemic numbers, but we served uh, over 75,000 people. And just to put that into perspective, do you know how many seats there are in Bank of America Stadium? 70-ish, 70,000? About 73. 73. About 73. So we fed enough people to fill the stadium plus more. Um, And so we're here. We want to be the number one answer to anyone's uh, food problems, and we're going to continue until everyone in our community, every single person, has enough healthy, nutritious food to eat. So is this, when you say you've fed 150,000 people, is that on a regular basis or just one meal? 120,000. And so... It comes in two different forms. And so when you're talking about grocery programs, those are our grocery program numbers. And so those are individuals that we've given a week's worth of food to. And when we give a week's worth of food to, again, that's breakfast, lunch, dinner. So Mm -hmm. three meals a day for seven days a week. So that's 21 meals. So if you want to do the math, 120,000 multiplied by 21, that's how many meals that were provided through the grocery program. Now our Meals on Wheels program, which here we call it friendship trays, right? It's about, it's not just about food for us, it's about dignity and hope. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you're talking about the meals provided through that program, that's a little bit different. So our numbers are even greater than that when you combine them. Tell us about how those two organizations merged together, because I believe that they were you know, in the same arena, but but running, you know, kind of different paths. And now you guys have had the ability to merge that, which I feel is a blessing to the community. But taking both of those resources, combining those, being a stronger team, tell us how that came about and, and how that will really benefit, you know, more people moving forward as we try to bridge that gap. Sure. Uh, So we like to call ourselves Irish twins. We were founded (laughs) a year apart. um, And both uh, us as a combined organization and separately, we're almost 50 years old. We've almost been in this community for 50 years. Um, So that just tells you how long there's been a need uh, that hasn't gone away. And um, we've always collaborated. We are an, an organization that truly believes to get to the root cause of hunger, it's gonna take many different approaches and many different people. There's not one person or one single organization that can solve it alone because hunger is a symptom. It's an effect, it's not a cause. And so if you're truly trying to address the root cause of hunger or food insecurity, you have to move upstream, okay? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about, um, I mean, this is a big thing, rent. Mm -hmm. Is it affordable, you know? And the way that it states, you know, someone has to make um, enough money so that their income, their rent is only about 30% of their income. Well, if you do the math on that, people really have to be making about $29, $30 an hour for that's an annual salary of about 
a little over sixty, sixty thousand dollars in order to truly be able to afford rent here in Mecklenburg County. So you're talking about rent affordability, we're talking about fair wages. So are you being paid a fair wage to, to have a living? And so there are so many different root causes of hunger. Um and separately and now together as an organization we saw a lot of synergy with that. Um, in particular, our CEO, Tina Postel, um, you know, she's delivered routes uh, for the meal program before we were um, merged together. And there's one story she tells that I think um, truly embodies why it was so important that we not only collaborate, but come together as one organization. And the story is something along the lines of, she was out doing a route, delivering to a senior, of course, and this grandmother comes to the door. Not only does the grandmother come to the door, but several of her grandchildren come running to the door. They're excited, not only to see someone, but to have this tray of food with, you know, a protein, a starch, a vegetable delivered to them. Um, And of course, we give them a gracious smile and try to love on them as much as possible. But as she's walking away, it's not lost on her, just like it's not lost on any of us, that this grandmother is then going to split this one meal between her and her grandchildren. So mm. one meal split between three to four people. That's heartbreaking. Wow. That's Think about them trying to ration out peas. How many scoops of mashed potatoes do you get? how much of, of, of the Salisbury steak or the chicken someone's gonna get. It's so sad. And so um, walking away from that, we knew we had to do something. We have a warehouse full of food. Food is not the issue, my friends. Distribution and access is. Mm-hmm. We have plenty of food in this country, plenty, not only to supply, all Americans, but then to help other countries if we really wanted to. Right. It's not a matter of the food. It's a matter of, the, again, the distribution and the access. And so seeing um, how both organizations are focused on healthy food, whether it's groceries or meals, um, both organizations uh, are in kind of this mobile distribution model. So pre-pandemic, Lowe's and Fishers, we just had uh, brick-and-mortar pantries. Clients would drive to the pantry, go in, and shop for their foods. Once the pandemic hit, we uh, switched to um, mobile drive-throughs. So similar to kind of like, you know, a Chick-fil-A, but it's groceries, right? People out on iPads checking you in, you open your trunk, we put the groceries in. But the other component that we added during the pandemic was grocery home delivery. So volunteers come into the warehouse, picking up a week's worth of food for each person in the family and then delivering it right to their doorstep. With all of this combined, all of this synergy, I mean, it would have been a missed opportunity had we not combined forces because together we have an even greater impact. And that's really the gist of, of why we're here today. I love it's amazing. It. Yeah. We're all about collaboration here at the, uh, at the Dunstan Group. I love how you two or the two organizations, the Irish Twins, came together um, to create this. Now, I want to talk a little bit about how our community can support that because I... I'll be honest, I don't think I knew maybe necessarily that food wasn't the problem, that distribution was the problem, right? It's, it's, it's getting that food to the right people. What do we as a community need to do? What can community leaders, what can business owners, what can just an, an average citizen do that 
maybe takes that for granted, right? That thinks, you know, like, it's not about where am I going to get food, but what am I going to eat? Like, what are we going to eat tonight, right? It's not about, am I going to eat tonight? What, those people that have those resources that, that maybe don't think about it every day, but maybe you're listening to this podcast saying, what can I do? How, how can we help and how can as a, as a community continue to support y'all? Yeah, there are several things you can do. Um, the first is donate. And that could be time or money. So when you donate your money, there is, you know, a dollar for every meal, a dollar for every meal. Um, so that alone increases our buying power, our purchasing power, uh, which is so important right now because I don't know the last time you've gone into your favorite local grocery store and tried to purchase meat, but meat and dairy, my friends, are so expensive right now. And it they doesn't are. matter what kind of meat <laughs> you want. The chicken, it's all more. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's so expensive. And so when you donate money, we are able to increase our buying power into not only purchase things um, that our clients want, but to purchase healthier things. And so one thing that a lot of people don't realize is, a lot of us, we get our fresh produce from the store. We get our apples, our grapes, um, whatever your favorite fruit is. But for a lot of our clients, um, they're getting the fresh items, but then they're complementing that with canned fruit. Who's mm. bought canned fruit here lately? Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. And it's even more expensive when you want to get canned fruit in no or low sugar. Right. The healthier options not are as always expensive. Sure. Um, and so, you know, donate money, donate time. OK, we have an army of volunteers, over 4000 that help us, that help us with the mission every day. We call them hunger fighters or hunger heroes, um, and they are immersed in all areas of operation. Um, some help in the front on the front end with connecting clients to specific pantries. Uh, we call them phone center volunteers. Uh, we definitely have them on the operation side. So we have volunteers that come into the warehouse. They sort and inspect and pack the food um, that we then give out to clients. And then we also have them on the delivery side. Uh, they're coming to the warehouse. We're loading their cars up with food, whether it's groceries or meals. And then they're taking those that, that food out and, you know, setting it right at the door of a person that needs it. Um, so you can always, um, you know, donate your time and volunteer. And then the last thing, if you, if you can't do anything else, you know, we all have busy lives. Maybe your resources are limited. Um, but we, what you can always, always do is advocate. Advocate and educate. And the first thing or the first way that we start with that is by dispelling this myth that people in our community um, that need our services aren't working hard enough. This whole idea or mentality that they can pull themselves up by the bootstrap or that um, they've made bad choices or that they're even homeless. That's a really big uh, misbelief. We do serve some homeless um, neighbors, and I like to call them houseless neighbors because home is about a feeling. Even in Tent City, those were people's homes. That was a community, so we like to call them houseless neighbors. But believe it or not, friends, most of the people we serve look like you and I, mm -hmm. just regular, average, everyday 
hardworking Americans that you would never think twice that they were going through what they were going through. Um, and because so many people are living um, on the edge, um, it takes one thing, one financial crisis, and, you know, they need our help. Tailspin. Yep. So. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because th- there are so many stereotypes, right? And I think just in today's world, social media, the media in, in general, like everyone has this sort of narrative they want to push. But the reality is, is that the real narrative? We don't know. And so it's very interesting to hear uh, because you could judge or you could say that and you could think that. But but you're saying that's not always the case. So no. and you're on the street. You're yeah. you're making it happen. You're seeing these Boots people. On you're the inter- That's right. Yeah. You're interacting with them. And that's one thing we love about this podcast is because we believe that what's lacking in, in the community today is is conversation mm-hmm. with folks that might not be like us or that are doing things that we've never thought of before. And we get to share those stories. And I think that's so important. Uh, and it's enlightening to us always because, you know, like you said, we, we live our lives the way we live them, the way we know and, and what we know. Exactly. And we don't know everything. And, exactly. And that's the reality. So uh, yeah. thank you for saying that. That's uh And I say say it as well in our podcast. It's not about, you know, why somebody is in that situation or how they believe about a certain thing. It's how they got there. What's their story? Everybody has a story, right? Somebody's in that position, not just because they didn't work hard or because, you know, they didn't get the opportunity. Like their story has led them to that, right? And so understanding that story, I think, would make a community much stronger to realize that, you know, maybe you don't have the same challenges that somebody else has, right? Maybe your path was a little bit greener than somebody else. But if you can understand why somebody's in that situation and not just try to judge them and say, well, you need to work harder and then you won't be in that situation. I think we as a community can open up our arms and 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 be as one, right? I mean, this podcast has shown us that we are so much more similar than we are apart. Um, no matter what your beliefs are or where you come from, you know, we, we as a community, and I think Charlotte is a great place. I think there's an opportunity to do that. So I want to transition this into a really cool thing that you guys um, are, are part of called Tour de Turns, which is so funny because I was, I was driving in this morning and literally the car right in front of me had a magnet that said <laughs> Tour de Turns. And I looked at it and I was kind of like, <laughs> yeah. that's cool. It, it didn't even cross my mind that it was going to be on the sheet for the podcast and honestly, I don't know much about it. So I would love to, to, for you to tell me a little bit more. It's a charity cycling event that benefits loaves and fishes. Uh, tell us about Tour de Turns. So Tour de Turns, oh my gosh, we love Tour de Turns um, with the with the, the hashtag uh, turning the, the cycle on hunger, something like that. Um, so it is our annual fundraiser uh, bike, bicycle event. Um, and there is a, a walking component if you <laughs> yeah. do not want to um, bike or <laughs> even try it in, in, in kind of the warmer weather. Uh, but we have it every year in the fall. Um, in the past, it's been in late August. This year will be early August. Um, and we just invite all of our uh, bicycle friends out. So Tour de Turns in itself is its own nonprofit. Um, and we invite our friends out um, to do 
you know, whatever mile track that they're interested in, you know, 30 miles if, you know, you're advanced. I'm not, so I do the baby course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's just a fun day um, where our community can come out at Carmel Park, uh, gather, and help to raise money. Um, for food insecurity, for for loaves and fishes friendship trade, so that we can continue to combat hunger in our community. Uh, we usually follow up the event with, um, you know, beer and barbecue. Um, was we had one year, um, so, so some sort some sort of lunch and a drink component. Um, we'll have live music a lot of times uh, in the pavilion. Um, and yeah, we just like to have friends come out, um, join us. Like I said, you can walk if you're not, you know, comfortable with the bike because it is it can be intense, especially um, for the community that does it every day. They're like, oh no, this is so easy, and I'm like, my legs are about to fall off. <laughs> you do have to build up to that. No you doubt. really do. So that's that's amazing, and and definitely people, you know, check that out. I I want to kind of bounce back, and I, I want to put this in perspective for people so you mentioned the stat one in five you know kids or one in five people right here struggle you know with food with you guys doing 120,000 plus um, to support that there's still a huge gap right so when we look at how big the city of Charlotte is when you mentioned one in five you know what what is that number what what is the is the goal and 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 how far do we have to go as a community to make sure that that doesn't happen because I it just to think of kids not being able to eat is like mm. horrible, yeah. right? Like, and and anybody, anybody, but but you know, as a father thinking of kids, it's like, you know, I'll be I take that for granted because I've been blessed to be able to have a great job and have the foundation to be able to provide that for my children, but I would feel helpless if I wasn't able to do that. So that makes me like really want to try to support it. So where is that gap? How many people? are hungry in this city and, and and how far are we from getting to a point where where we can try to combat that yeah so our food insecurity rate here in in mecklenburg county is one in five uh people in general and if i'm not mistaken one in four for children wow. and that's important especially as we approach um, summer months with kids being out of school and not having access to free and reduced breakfast and lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and people don't realize it, but we depend on our school system for a lot more than just education. Sure. Um, and so shout out to all the teachers showing up every day, showing up for the kids, um, despite the hardships, despite having um, little to no payer recognition, despite having to spend your pay on classroom materials and navigate challenging uh, parent dynamics and relationships, really shout out to you all um, because school is the foundation of everything. We spend so much time in school um, that you know we don't give our our educators and people involved in the whole school system enough credit. Um, but you know, it's it's sad and it's it's very very scary. And so when you're asking what the target number for us is, everyone, everyone in our community that needs it, that's the target. We don't even have a number in mind because it's hard to truly capture people um, outside of those that are critically food insecure. It's hard to capture that because there are people 
probably in this building right now that could truly utilize our services, but they don't see themselves as um, the most needy. And so in addition to education, what we're trying to get across to people is um, this is a hand up, not a handout. Let's remove the stigma of needing help. No one is truly self-sufficient. Everyone needs help with something at some point in their lives. Um, and it's okay to need help. And you don't have to be at your worst of worst to, to, to ask for it or receive it. Don't wait until you don't have anything in the refrigerator or anything in the cabinets to reach out for help. Ask long before then. We have, Like I said, we have plenty of food, a whole warehouse full of food, 26,000 square feet full of food. Just You just got to reach out and let us know. We're one phone call away. And I'm going to say the number for anyone that needs it. Give us a call today right now, 704-523-4333. We can get you food, whether it's a meal or a groceries today, my friend. Please don't go without. Please don't go hungry. There's no need to ration um, and there's no need to, you know, save the food until a specific day of the week or anything like that. And so, yeah, we, we don't have a, a number in mind because the goal is no one in our community going hungry, whatever that number is, whoever that is, no one. Yeah, I love that. And, I, and yeah. if you're listening to this, like it's not you look, you might be in a great situation, but maybe there's somebody, you know, at your school, at your daycare you, you see a mom walking in, like it, you, you don't have to go out of the way and be like, Hey, do you need food? Right. But at the same time, be aware of that, right? Get this number. If you think somebody needs help, you're one conversation away from pointing them in the right direction. And they might, may not even know that that resource is there. And that's what we want to be able to do is spread this, this story and, and really this reach as far as we can. On that note, how do people get in contact with you? How do they get in contact with loaves and fishes? to volunteer time, to donate, to figure out how they can make an impact in a lot of different arenas. So you can definitely call the number um, I just mentioned a minute ago, 704-523-4333. You can also visit our website at loavesandfishes.org, completely spelled out, or friendshiptrays.org, because we're a combined organization now. So it all leads to the same place. Um, and the other thing I'll mention is, not only are we providing that basic need of food, we also have a social services team that helps to then connect people um, to whatever other services they need to address, again, the root cause of why they're even hungry in the first place or why they don't have enough money for groceries in the first place. There's so many issues, so many barriers, so many things of affecting people um, that we, again, have to continue to move upstream um, and connect our neighbors to, to what they need. Um, and I just, I love what you said about, you know, maybe it's, you know, someone in your school or a daycare. How much better our community would be if we just took a second to ask someone, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. And to truly mean it and to truly listen. How are you doing? And then if there is a need for follow-up, how can I help? Because nine times out of 10, no one's gonna come out, you know, just saying, I'm hungry. I don't right. have any food in the house. No one's gonna just tell you that up front. That's, that's a lot of times it's embarrassing um, to not have that basic necessity. So I challenge everyone to, to ask someone you don't know, or, you know, if you wanna start kind of getting to the rhythm of it, ask someone you do know, how are you doing and how can I help? And you'll be surprised what the answers are. 
I love Great it. Great advice. Yeah, and, and before we go, we got to give you a, a shout out on your background because we have a rock star who is leading this for Loves and Fishes. She's from Charlotte. She has her bachelor's from UNC Chapel Hill in biology and biological services and then has her master's in uh, public health uh, from UNCC. You actually volunteered as an intern or you were an intern in 2017 with Loaves and Fishes, went out, did some more things, and then came back uh, back in 2018 and have worked your way up to being a director of community outreach. So for one, you know, as somebody in this community, you know, that's amazing, right? Like you're putting actions where they need to be, but also you seem like somebody that truly cares about this community. You've gone out, you've educated yourself, and now you're putting that to work. So for your brand personally, you know, congratulations. Our city needs more people like you. Thank you. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank you. I, I don't, awesome. I know many people say this, but I honestly don't do it for the recognition. I do it because I truly care. I truly care about people in this community. Um, and I come from a long line of public servants and you know it's very fulfilling we always say at work you can't have a bad day mm-hmm. it's hard to when have a bad others. day when you're helping right. others especially with something as simple as food that's right and you know what they all say it, it's at the end of the day when we all check out it, it's not how much money you made or how successful you were it's how you helped others exactly and that's how people will remember you and that will be your legacy. So, uh, and Brian's right, man, thank you. Uh, we, we need more people like you in our community and we're super thankful for the services you're providing. Thank so. you. Absolutely. So Danielle, um, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody, please like, share, comment, go checks out, check out Loaves and Fishes, Friendship Trays, figure out how you can support, figure out how your organizations can support, but ultimately, Go out and have conversations with people, with your neighbors, with with people at a park, whoever. Um, you don't know who you can help. And by simply passing out the number 704-523-4333, you could be making a huge impact in not only somebody's lives, but their kids' lives. And let's really try as a community to make sure that we're feeding everybody. Because, I, I you know, look, we have a lot of causes and a lot of people that come on this podcast. But if you can't eat, if you're not drinking water, like that's it, right? So let's start there um, and let's give everybody a success, specifically the kids, like get them on a foundation to be successful. And it's like communities and organizations like Loaves and Fishes. And, you know, we're so proud of what you guys are able to do. So cool about the uh, the joint kind of ventureship here with Friendship Trays. And we wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much, my friends. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Excellent. Until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.